0: This is the WFG National Title Insider Report, your weekly download on the market, featuring industry experts, thought leadership, and what's trending to keep you informed and ahead of the market. In this week's download, founder and executive chairman Patrick Stone offers his perspective on the economy, the real estate market, and what we can expect in 2019.
1: You know, the global economy has created some angst with quite a few people. uh, You're seeing a fairly significant and protracted slowdown in Europe, which is compounded by the Brexit issue and the inability to solve that. You know, actually, Germany had negative growth, I think, in the uh, fourth quarter. France has slowed down, but overall, the European Union has slowed down and people are thinking that it might tip into a recession. China is slowing down and a lot of concern about Chinese debt, what's going on with China and all that, of course, is amplified by the trade issues. We had retail sales in December that plunged and uh, that caused a lot of concern among people. It was very, very surprising to see retail sales drop in December because historically, that's a very strong month. And then the trade conversations and the tariffs and uh, just a lot of people worried about a lot of things. In the background, you've had emerging markets, which have been slowing down for about a year, year and a half. And actually, I think it's a little bit overblown. And the reason I say that is I think we've bottomed out. uh, The emerging markets are bottoming out or have bottomed out and uh, should start recovering a little bit. China, the president of China has uh, gone, has become very verbal about making sure that people understand that they are focused on managing or helping manage the economy and making sure they're focused on the economy. You do see a tremendous amount of money still even China despite the restrictions. I think uh, last year, there was almost 250 billion spent by Chinese tourists, almost 100 billion more than American tourists spent worldwide. So uh, Chinese are getting a lot of money out of China still. But I think things in China, if we get the trade issues resolved, I don't think China will plunge into a recession, but they will slow down to about 6% GDP growth and then down into the fives over the next few years as they mature. Uh, We're going to have low earnings in the first quarter because they are going to be compared to last year that was stimulated by the tax cut. Having said all that, I do not think that the economy is going to go into a recession right away if we get through these tariff negotiations with something that's reasonable, I do think that we have some legs left in the, uh, in, in, this expansion. Now it's, uh, we're in the 116th month right now. The record is 120 months under, uh, under Bill Clinton. So by June we will uh, tie that and uh, we'll see where we go. But I, I'm not as alarmed right now, maybe as I was a couple months ago, uh, it does, uh, it does appear that we have bottomed and, and settled, uh, settled down a little bit in the emerging markets. And I think you'll, uh, I think you'll see an okay first quarter and maybe even a little bit better second quarter, and we'll see where we go.
0: Okay, Pat, we covered a lot of ground there, so take a breath. I got a question for you. Let's back up to, you talk about Brexit. We've been hearing about that, dealing with the implications of that for two years now. Trade, China, all it takes is a spark. We you know, we light that fire, it smolders. That's been going on for a couple of years now. it It sounds like there will possibly be some some resolution to that, right? We've we've been waiting for that, but that continues. That can continues to get kicked down the road. Is there any resolution to the the trade issue coming in the in the near term?
1: Well, uh, I. That, it's a really good question, Brian. You know, there um, the the biggest concern right now is that, by all appearances, the president and his team would like to have a deal done. And there's more concern right now about whether or not he will hold out long enough to get uh, some resolution of the intellectual property concerns, um, or if he's just going to sign a deal with more promise of them buying more U.S. goods and, and shrinking the deficit a little bit. I've said before on your program that the deficit is an illusion in some ways because there's almost an exact offset with incoming financial purchasing of U.S. financial assets by foreign governments. And what I'm talking about is a lot of foreigners buy T-bills, they buy mortgage-backed securities, to buy financial instruments, debt instruments in the U.S. And if you look at the incoming, the surplus of incoming investment dollars, it almost exactly lines up as an offset to our trade deficit. So I'm not so much worried about the trade deficit as I am uh, getting China to be a true equal participant in the World Trade Organization following the rules. No more intellectual property theft, no more restrictions on investment, so forth and so on
0: let's talk commercial real estate here. Before we get to residential, we still see in West Coast markets, a lot of tower cranes, a lot of activity. There've been some other developments in the commercial real estate sector that have helped, particularly in the Portland market. What's the health of the commercial real estate sector? Because, I mean, a couple of years ago, the outlook was, hey, uh, you know, end of 2018, early 2019, we're going to see, you know, a dip. But I just, from the people I talk to on that side of the business, I don't see it. Do you?
1: No, it's uh, remained surprisingly strong and good. And I think the demand uh, reflects the ongoing economic expansion. And I uh, w- we'll see what happens there. I mean, there's obviously some risk because trade has driven up construction costs. So I think you'll see some slowdown from that. But the projections on commercial values are that they will stay pretty much in this range because the demand is such that you won't see any drop off. Now, we'll, we'll see if, 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 in fact, that's the case. Commercial prices in all sectors have been really good in the last year. You know, net asset values are, they are what they are, but they they don't seem to be suffering from any uh, fall off in demand.
0: Residential real estate, uh, really, for the first time in 20 years, everybody's talking about it being a normal market, equal buyers and sellers, um, the ability to to get deals done and not have multiple offers. Now I just talked to an agent in, on the East side in Portland who said, you know, there's still those pockets. There's still those neighborhoods where you have multiple offers. And are we really in a, a, a balanced normal market now?
1: No, <laughs> no, we're not even close. <laughs> uh, we've, we know in all honesty, Brian, we're we're closer than we've ever been, but, but uh, the demand is going to exceed supply for probably the next six years. Household formation is going to far exceed new construction of both single family and multifamily for the next six years. What is happening now though that is perhaps a little, is encouraging? two things. One, I think realtors are sensing it's a more normal market because properties have less bids. they stay on the market longer because we kind of hit an affordability ceiling. You don't see a lot of bids in excess of the asking price now and properties are on the market for three and a half four months. I mean we're not still not quite to where the, the historic average is for time on market or discount the listing price. So we're not there yet and demand's gonna keep it a little bit ahead of it. But I am encouraged because you are seeing appreciation slow down to a more normal historical rate. And I think if you look at the last twenty years we've averaged about three point six percent. We will probably be under that this year annually on a year over year basis. Uh, you know, I'm saying somewhere between three and a quarter and three and a half percent. But what's really encouraging if you're in this business is you're seeing wage and salary growth over 3%. So what I call the affordability gap is going to narrow very quickly. I'm going to suggest, and I may be be too optimistic, but I'm going to suggest by the second half of this year, you're going to be in an environment in which you actually have interest and demand all the way across the market. And you're going to start seeing more first-time buyers. You're going to start seeing more move-up buyers. And by spring of next year, you will be in a more normal market where you have a full range of people participating, uh, all uh, all levels of economic class, all price ranges, and people moving up. And uh, we haven't really seen that. So that would be a normal market to me. And I think that's probably still, to be really in effect, probably still a year away, but we're headed that way.
0: Patrick Stone, Executive Chairman and Founder of Williston Financial Group and WFG National Title Joining us here on the Insider Report, and I think it's uh, w- what you said is appropriate to define a normal market. It's, I guess, normalizing right now toward that normal market. And that's a great point about getting first time buyers and move up buyers back into the market and people who still had damaged credit from the last recession. I mean, we're still, you know, self-employed borrowers and and others who are still reestablishing themselves and really missed out on a gigantic opportunity the last
1: seven or eight years. There are quite a few people who did, but it's really unfortunate. And uh, you know, and, and the truth is, we still don't have a normal mortgage market. Now, by that, I mean I don't mean that the market is there's anything screwy going on, but we don't have the GSCs out of conservatorship yet. They're still owned by the U.S. Treasury, and until they're out of conservatorship and we we have a truly private capitalization process around mortgages and a reemergence of the secondary market mortgages we won't really have a completely normal market. So I'm hoping that happens over the next couple of years. I hope it's not a rash decision or a political decision. They need to be properly capitalized and it needs to be done correctly. But we do need to get them out of the U.S. Treasury. They've been in conservatorship now coming up on 10 years, which is crazy.
0: We haven't seen much talk of late about interest rates, the Fed raising interest rates, and uh, we know how that works with the housing market and mortgage rates. Uh, it it sounds to me, and I want your opinion on this, that things are fairly stable. You, know, you talk about other aspects of the mortgage markets, but r- rates themselves seem to be fairly stable right now.
1: They are right now, and what happened is that the Fed quit raising rates because you had a strong drop-off in any in inflationary pressure now. I'm going to tell you this, I would be surprised if we don't have a rate increase this fall because I do think the wage and salary growth, to get the trade issue and the tariff issue resolved, wage and salary growth and whatever, and and, an outlook, a little bit more optimistic outlook, you're going to see inflation get back up above 2% and be trending upwards. And then I think the Fed will raise the rates probably in October. So I think maybe one rate increase this year, but I don't think it's going to go rampant. I've been telling people that I'm, you know, I'll be surprised if we see anything over four, six, or four, seven this year on the thirty-year fixed, and maybe, maybe next year we get up around five. We'll see, but I, but I think it's going to. I don't think it's going to be an irrational jump in rates. I think it's going to be very progressive and very digestible.
0: That's good to hear, Pat. Let's talk about uh, the R-word recession. I saved this for last because, really, we. You know, we don't hear a lot about that and I think for <laughs> the right reasons things seem to be pretty good overall in the economy. Yeah, there's some concerns, but yeah, you know, we had all the, a lot of the economists talking about maybe 2020. Have you revised your forecast or, you know, kind of moved the moved it around a little bit as to when we might expect that?
1: Yeah, I have, Brian, because I was pretty sure that we might be dipping into a recession you know, in the uh, second half of this year, and I thought that was going to be p- perpetuated by a slowdown in Europe, a the trade thing with China maybe getting a little bit too much momentum, the trade war, and uh, a slowdown in China and the emerging markets languishing. Now, the emerging markets appear to have bottomed and maybe will start recovering this year, which gives me some optimism. I think the thing with China, with the trade thing, will be resolved. What I do see this year is we are going to have a slowdown in growth. But you know what? Let's say we had zero growth over last year, and so we just had an economy running like it did last year. That wouldn't be so bad, would it? So I can't get too depressed about low growth. A recession is when you actually have a drop in growth two quarters in a row, I'm not that thinking that that's going to happen this year. It may happen next year, but I don't think it'll be. I think it'll be more like the early 2000s. Do you remember that recession? Nobody does, but we actually had one. Yeah, <laughs> we'll have something like that, which is not totally disruptive, and it it's not. It's more like a catching your breath than it is a, a dislocation like we saw during the 2009 and 10.
0: Thanks to Patrick Stone, founder and executive chairman of Williston Financial Group and WFG National Title for joining us on the Insider Report. And thank you for partnering with WFG. To learn more about our unique process, systems, and technology, visit wfgagent.com. And join us for our popular Spark event, March 12th through the 14th in Orlando. You can register at wfgspark.com.